I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode is going to be a part two from last week's episode with Nate Ortiz. So for sure, if you have not listened to last week's episode 120 with Nate, you must before you listen to this episode. The reason we had to make two consecutive episodes was his story last week was so powerful and inspiring. I didn't want him to leave anything out. In fact, he said things to me in that interview he hasn't shared on any other podcast. So yes, that made me feel very special. (laughs) When I realized Nate is only 29 years old and is probably more knowledgeable than most of the specialists in his industry, I needed to share some of his techniques and health tips. We can all, or at least we know someone that could use some of his wisdom. He will only speak on issues he has dealt with personally and his authenticity, as you found out in episode 120, is off the charts and is why I believe he will be a household name by the time he is 35, if not sooner. Mark my words. He is on a trajectory for success and for changing lives and helping people live their best life and feel optimal in every level of their being. One of the qualities I love about Nate, besides everything I just mentioned, is he puts his entire heart into everything he does, and he lives his life by his core values. I am so honored to have another conversation with Nate and share this beautiful soul's message with all of you. But before we begin, I'm getting ready to host two free masterclasses, one on August 22nd at 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time and August 26th at noon Pacific. I am going to teach you my six-step magical formula that I teach in both my Raising Confidence and Magic Path courses. If you want to ensure success heading into the school year, please join me and ask your teenagers to join us too. It's going to be a fun hour filled with so many takeaways and tools you can all utilize as we enter a new school year, which I can't even believe I'm saying. Oh, I can't believe it's already time to start school again. If you want to join me either of those days, the link is in the show notes, or you can always find it on my bio and on Instagram, or just email me and I'll send it to you. It's ashleygonner at gmail.com. Having teenagers like I do during this time of our lives, I think nothing is more important than equipping them with the tools so they are set for their independence and have the confidence to believe that they can be, do, or have anything. Let's empower this generation with mindset tools that we didn't have going into college and beyond. I have it all mapped out and ready for you to learn. 
I look forward to seeing you on Zoom in a couple of weeks. So let's bring on this incredible man once again and share his undeniable magic. Welcome back, Nate Ortiz, to Uncover Your Magic, to Uncover More of Your Magic. Let's go. Part two. We didn't get enough. We didn't get enough last week. So... In real time, we didn't get enough two days ago and we went over and I said, Nate, I think we need to, we need to go deeper because the, your story is so powerful. And I said that in the intro and I didn't want you to, anyone to miss any of that because mm-hmm. when people you're just, it's just inspiring and, you know, it just proves that it doesn't matter where you come from, what background, anything, you know, living on the streets. I mean, you said it all and who you are now. And I said in the intro and I want you to know how I feel about you. You're 29 years old. And I said, by 35, if not sooner, you'll be a household name and everyone will know about you. And they'll be like, Ashley had him on her podcast. Well, thank I you. I, that, that's awesome. That means the world to me. That's very nice for you of you to say. That really means the world to me. Well, it, I you. feel that way. Just, you, you know, I say it how it is. Yeah. So we're back today to give some of your magical, what you've discovered along this journey and all the studies that you've done through Paul Check and all the books you've read and your real life experiences. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's what I just love about you because it's all coming from an experience or, you know, you're not just reading a book and telling somebody how to get rid of their digestion problems or whatever. I was reading today the your newest episode on the fungus, Uh huh. you know, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like 90% of Americans have fungus. Yes. According <laughs> to the fungus link by Doug Kaufman. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, there's so many things to go here and I want to go into a lot of things. So we will talk like, what would be like one of your first things that you'd want to talk about something that is always something like out of 10 of your clients, maybe eight people have that. Okay, so a fungal infection is, oh, it is the biggest one. So what happens is when fungal infections, people get disgusted when they hear oh, fungus, especially when you're working with women. I work with a lot of women. So I try to tell them like, hey, it's not a nasty thing. Fungi are natural in the body. They become an infection when we get out of balance. And the way we get out of balance is antibiotics, which antibiotics saved so many lives. There's no doubt about it. But it will cause an imbalance if you don't repopulate the good bugs. Anti against biotic life. And some antibiotics, I'm not going to say all of them, but I know there's a, I think penicillin is a fungus itself. So what it does is it goes into the body and it, it uh, competes with bacteria for food. So what happens is it beats out the food, uh, the competition for basically for food where the bacteria now kind of starves out and dies off. And it's a beautiful thing. So we don't get bacteria infections and things. But what happens is we can create an imbalance. So this, we can create something called dysbiosis, which is 90, I mean, we want 85% good bacteria, 15% bad bacteria. What happens is we can create an imbalance and we're starting to see imbalance of 85% bad, 15% good. And the way that we encourage and grow our probiotics and basically our microbiome, the good bugs is taking probiotics and feeding prebiotics. See, people don't understand what prebiotics are. They're usually soluble fiber that feed the good bugs in your stomach. And when they eat, they grow and they grow, they, they compete for space in the digestive tract and on your skin, on your body. So for an example, candida can show up 
in the back of your tongue. So if a person sticks their tongue out and they got white coating on the back of their tongue, that's a fungal infection. So fungal infections create dysbiosis, right? Dysbiosis is more bad bugs than good. Fungi can be a part of the bad bugs overpopulating. So IBS, IBD, leaky gut, according to the Czech Institute, is a via fungal infection. So fungus can, they stress the body out. And like I said, people get disgusted, but what happens is we learn that fungal infections are like mother nature's cops. They police you, they bring you pain and they bring you issues when you're not taking care of yourself. So if you're eating more sugar than you can handle, a fungal infection comes in and actually saves your life for the most part. The brain only can handle a certain amount of sugar so or carbohydrates. So if a person is having insulin issues, like a diabetic, you'll most likely meet diabetics, pre-diabetics with a fungal infection. What I like to do is anytime I get a client that has a parent or a friend that has cancer or a family member with cancer, I say, hey, listen, next time you're around your family or friend, see if they have a fungal infection on their foot or their hand or see if they have really bad dandruff. But really look for their you'll see a fungal infection appearance, uh, psoriasis or something like that. The reason why is because fungi, fungal infections happen before a real dis-ease um, happens in the body. Huh. On the totem pole, what we learn is, is that you first get fatigue. And the more you ignore fatigue, then you get a fungal infection. Because remember, fatigue, being tired, suppresses immunity. Cortisol suppresses immunity. So anytime your immune system and your, just think about your immune system as being your soldiers, if they're not there to protect you from pathogens because they're tired or they're, they're not there because you're fatigued, you're tired, you're, you're burnt out. Cortisol levels are very inflammatory to the body when they're at high levels. High levels of cortisol equals inflammation. Therefore, what happens is you don't, your immunity isn't as strong as it would be if you rested and you weren't as stressed and weren't as inflamed. So fungus and cancer cells take advantage of a, a low immune system. And the truth of the matter is so do parasites. So what we learned at the Czech Institute is that, you know, parasites and bugs can sense a sick body. I think it's a third, we have technology is like thermal energy where we can see how stressed the body is based on temperature. So a real red body shows that a, a body's really stressed. A yellow body means that the person's in between it's about to hit its threshold for stress. And then green means a healthy body. So if you take someone with breast cancer, for an example, and you do the, there's a technology that reads, um, scans for thermal energy. Usually women with breast cancer have really red, it comes back really red. What mm. bugs see, that's how they, that's when they know when to attack a body. They're, they're the same way. They function off that. That's why you can go to a barbecue and hang out and somebody next to you or you can be getting bit up by a mosquito and someone else is not dealing with that problem. Oh, wow. So we, we, you know, we have a joke in, you know, my family, like, oh, you got that sweet blood. But the truth of the matter is the more sick you are, the more pathogens, bugs, et cetera, can sense that. And your immune system, you're, you have allergies. So fungal infections, and if you read the book, The Fungus Link is usually the first thing I have clients go to. Funguses love the uh, mucous membranes. Funguses the higher the fungal infection, the more likely this person's going to have allergies, issues with respiratory issues. They can have digestive issues, mental health issues like depression, fatigue, brain fog, aching and their joints cracking and popping is another one. I'm trying to get all of them. Yeast infections is a fungal infection. Athlete's foot, ringworm. These things are very common to see. So mm -hmm. when I get a client, the first thing I usually see most of the time is a fungal infection. And they can come for many different reasons. So Think about fungal infections being decomposers. They digest and assimilate anything you can't digest and assimilate. 
but they also thrive in a body that is very, has high levels of cortisol and low immunity. Hmm. Okay, good. Take a drink. <laughs> okay. So if someone comes to you and you, you realize it's a fungal infection, the first thing you do is? I figure out what they want in life. Right. The dream map. They have to. Because if I'm about to, usually fungal infections or any type of dis-ease or pain comes into your life when you're not clear on your dream, when you're not clear. If you don't have a dream to begin with, that's the more pain you're going to have. So if you don't have anything to go towards or any dream, then you subconsciously are pulled into other people's dreams and you're going to be feeling pain and leading more towards a nightmare. And fungal infections are mother nature's cops. They police you. Disease is policing you. The body is very, 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 very smart. The body can heal itself. We all know that. We've seen cases of that, right? right? So what happens is I can give you the best diet in the world. I can give you the best exercise program in the world. I can do all of that. But if you don't have a reason to change for it, I'm just wasting my time. And as a coach, I have so many applications that when I want to work with somebody, my dream, I thrive off helping people. So if you pay me, but you're not willing to change and you're just paying me, I don't want to be a payment. I want to be an investment. So the first thing I would tell a client is the first thing we got to do is their dream. And when we figure out their dream, then you start seeing this is where childhood trauma comes up. This is when issues with mom or dad come up. This is when self-confidence issues come up. And I call these things, things that are, that are not true. And what I mean is they cause you to think the way you think, but it's not true. That you're not good enough. That you're not smart enough. That you're not fit enough to start a fitness company. You're not sharp. You don't have the best camera to start a YouTube channel. That is not true. All right. So the first thing we do is figure out their dream. And then when we figure out their dream, then we create core values. And what we learn is we need energy for the dream. So we create core values. What do you need in order to get one step closer to your dream? All right. So when we do the dream, we create a dream map. After we create a dream map, then I, I go through the steps of teaching them how to create core values. Because if you don't create core values, you don't know how to say no when it's time to say no to things. Right. Because people will come and ask you for your time and your energy. But when you have core values, you can respectfully say no, because your yes isn't good enough until you learn how to say no. So let's just say, for an example, if someone asks me to do a podcast interview at eight o'clock at night, no. Why? Because that's the time where I'm usually, I'm showering, I'm letting myself relax at that time. And if I don't allow that, then I burn myself out. And then if I burn myself out, then the next day when someone paid me to work with me, or when I go on TikTok live or make a podcast, I can't bring a hundred percent. I may be able to bring 90, but I'm so focused on my, my dream that Mm -hmm. I don't want anything that's in my control to stop it. So the first thing we do is we figure out a dream. And then when we figure out a dream, usually if I have to change a client's diet or we're changing their lifestyle. They have more motivation and consistency to do so to take care of a fungal infection. Hmm. So they have a dream. Mm-hmm. You get their nutrition organized. I mean, you do a lot of this on Zoom, right? Yes. So it's a lot of work. But when I first work with a client, first I do interviews to see if we're a good fit. And even for my workshops, like the workshop that I'm doing in person next week, I have to I interview people because the last thing I want is someone that be in there that's not on the same energy level or harmony or drive. It can mess up the whole chemistry. So after I interview 
when I do my one-on-one clients, I'll interview them. And then after I interview them, then I'll send them uh, uh, six questionnaires. And the six questionnaires tells me everything about their life. Four of them are just multiple choice. If they just do the multiple choice and they're honest, I can tell them about their whole life. Because each question they go through, one of them is a health appraisal questionnaire. So one of the questions is, when you get eight hours of sleep and you wake up the next morning, do you still feel tired? And zero means never. Two means kind of. Four means half of the time. Eight means absolutely all the time. So the HAQ questionnaire, you're going to get 100 of those. But each question you answer connects to an organ. Because uh-huh. it's a reaction of a hormone that connects to an organ. For an example, that right there, if that was an eight, then you have eight that went towards the score of your adrenals. So when you bend over and stand up, you get dizzy. Zero, two, four, eight, eight. Okay, now you're at a 16. You're showing me that you, so what happens is when the person submits after doing just that one questionnaire of a hundred questions, then I don't get the answers you put. I put, I get charts. So it will show me if the adrenals are either green, yellow, or red. So immediately just from the HAQ, if I see adrenals very high, I know I'm going to see thyroid high as well. And then I'm going to see digestive issues. Then I'm going to see menstrual cycle issues in women. I'm going to see issues when it comes down to lower back, tight hip flexors. I'm going to see previously just weight gain. I'm going to see issues with the money and finances in their life today. Relations, I can keep going and going. So I start seeing the patterns and then boom, 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 boom. So we learn, I learned this in, and level two of training at the Czech Institute under Angie Czech. Of course, it's Paul Czech's work, but Angie Czech is the one that I studied under uh, for level two. That's the one you study under when you do go for level two. And well, according to last year. So, but when I was in class, a lot of my classmates, when they did their charts or they did this, I picked it up so fast. It's, this stuff is like second nature to me. It's a little mm-hmm. weird because even when we went back for HLC3, I can tell most of my classmates did not. They were still confused on how to go, how to connect things. And I'm like, oh man, I, this is so easy for me. Oh, it gets to the point where I can see how you stand and I can tell you what's going to ask you. Yeah. Like a mother issue or a father issue. A hundred percent. So if a person has, so you got to look for a couple of things. Cause if you just go up to somebody and just say, your mother has problems with you, you know, that's not the right <laughs> way to go about it. My friends make jokes on me all the time though. My friends, my family members, they mock me with this stuff, but it's, it is funny the way they do it. But so let's just say this. I'll give you an example. Let's say if I get somebody that I signed on to work with me, some clients, their cases is so deep that they need to be in person. And I tell them, look, if you can't afford me in person yet, save up your money and then contact me. If I have space, I'll take you in person because I know I can do, I can give you way more. Right. And I need mm-hmm. to be hands-on. But let's say if I get a person that comes in here and they come in and I see them leaning to the right a lot as they stand, you know, you know, standing to the right. And let's just say this is a woman, 35. And as she's standing there, let's say every time I talk and I get close, she starts putting her hand around her face or she's moving her hand a lot. But when I keep a distance, she's expressing a little more. And then if I look her in her eyes and I start asking her more by herself, and she starts getting a little more nervous, she starts stuttering, I can stop right there and tell you that there was father issues in her life and she has issues with men taking advantage of her. Just like that. Hmm. The reason why is because, number one, I looked at her, she's leaning to the right. The right 
there's an imbalance. The more a person has on the right side of their body, the higher chances they have issues with dad growing up or dad today. The more to the left is mom growing up, mom today. It's 80% accurate. So I can't just go off of that. And the only the, the way you're really supposed to go off that is you're supposed to get them to do a pain tree. So you're supposed to sit down with a client and you have a tree, you draw a tree where we have paperwork that has a tree. And on the left side, what they do is you literally get them to write down all the injuries they can remember since the day they were born to today. And then on the right, since the day you were born to today. So a lot of people assume, oh, it's my left that had more injuries. But after doing the pain tree, they go, oh my God, I was wrong. It was actually the right side. Hmm. So, but with me, instead of doing all that, the first five seconds, it's just so second nature to me because I grew up on the streets where you had to read body language to see if this guy is going to kill me. He's going to jump me. Is he a drug dealer? Do I stay away from him? So when I, it's just second nature, but if she's leaning to the right, that tells me that the right gate is off the right ankle, knee, hip, shoulder. So I got a confirmation that I believe it's the father, but I notice anytime I raise my voice, she gets nervous. And when people get nervous, they move their body language change and shifts, especially with their hands. But then if I give them distance, lower my voice and look them in the eyes and start asking them more about themselves and they start stuttering, it's because now that I'm not coming off strong and I gave them distance and now they get, it's like their first time being able to talk about what they really want to talk about to a person and the subconscious mind is not used to it. So as they're trying to pick up the conversation as far as expressing themselves, it can get stuck in the throat chakra. It can create issues. Mm-hmm. So boom, right there. I know what I'm dealing with. So right there, I won't tell them what happened to your father playing around, like, you know, (laughs) you know, coming at them. Because if I do that, then I get them, I freak them out. They're like, oh my God, he knows me already. And then they second think about everything. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I'll sit back and I will allow them. I would readjust my coaching. So what that means is I have to coach them in a way where I'm really looking for them to be the little girl that they always wish they can be without using too much ego to protect belief systems and protect themselves from being manipulated by men. Mm-hmm. And when a woman is manipulated by a man or has issues growing up with a man, and then they meet me and I'm very respectful. I never touch a woman during any exercise. I never make jokes about anything that can make them feel uncomfortable. I'm a gentleman. My father raised me to be a gentleman. All right. And I have, the most respectful women. And I even introduce them to my girlfriend most of the time. So they know that there's nothing, no hidden agendas in there. You know what I'm saying? Because fitness and health coaches and men that can be powerful take advantage, Mm -hmm. right? And it's, uh, we call them suckers. Sorry if that's like a bad (laughs) word, but I call them suckers. That's where we call them when we're from. When you know you can take advantage of a woman, because a lot of men would take advantage and charge them two times more and things like that. So I don't like guys like, I don't respect men like that. So long story short, you can read somebody, but after reading them, you don't want to tell them, to, you know, try to brag. You want to actually use it. So you're, be, you're basically being able to maneuver and make them feel comfortable. So they're allowed to allow themselves, their true self to be to there. open up. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. And when you talk about the levels of energy and the chakras, can you go like more in a deeper? Mm-hmm. On that level? Because that was fascinating. Yes, absolutely. So the chakras, I like the word chakra, but I don't really use chakra that much. I got to make my own word up because I use what I've learned about chakras. And then I use what I learned at the Czech Institute. And then I use me, right? Like I like to take 
everybody's beautiful work and put it into my own little sauce. But the reason why I don't use so much chakra is because I come from the East Coast, right? My first business is in New York. My first clients were New York Wall Street people when I first started a business outside of hustling with personal training around New York City. My first official job was working with New York Wall Street people. So when you say chakra, they won't even entertain it. They right. won't even listen to you, okay? <laughs> so the word that I use that we learn is, I like to use the word zone or sections, right? So we have, think about the spine. What people think is, what people may not be aware of is if you own a home, if you have a house, or if you live in an apartment, if say the outlet in your kitchen isn't working, but the one in your bedroom is working, you're not going to attack the whole system of your house and electricity and call Con Ed in New York or Los Angeles electric department. You're going to figure out why that, you're not going to use that one most likely, but you're going to figure out why that one is not working. The body has the same thing. For an example, you can have, if you have issues on a lumbar or just, just let's just go for the lumbar or just the lowest part of the spine, the sacral. What happens is if there's inflammation on any type of organ or gland, or if there was an injury to a muscle, or if you're a woman that got C-section and they cut you open, that's more of like zone two and three. Just know that everything on that surface, I call it the four layers. I used to say the four layers of strength, but it's really the four layers of energy. You have the muscle, then you have the nerve that communicates with the muscle to communicate to the organ and gland near it. And then you have the emotion. Okay. So think about it like this. I have my heart right here. Right. right. But my heart, if I'm trying to touch my heart as I'm talking to you, it's really my chest muscle. And how do I know I'm touching my left pec and not my right? It's because I can feel it. So what's telling me I can feel that? The senses, the nervous system. So I just told you about three things, the nervous system, the muscle, and then what is located on this side? My heart. What organ is located? My heart. So the heart shares the same nerve with the muscle nearest to it, which is my left pec. The digestive system does too. So I say all that to say, if a person has a heart attack, their left jaw can lock and their left arm can go numb while having a heart attack and left chest pain. Why is that? Because the heart is on a neurotic loop as the left jaw, the left shoulder, and the left pec muscle. So what that really truly means is each part of your body has its own nerve channels that come out of it. So the reason why consciousness is associated with that is this is why, you know, chakras talk about consciousness, but there's a whole nother level that is a little outside of that. So for example, from one to eight years old in our lives, we come in, we were going through the consciousness of learning who's our tribe, our family, how to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Who to trust, how to walk. Right. So what that means is the first thing you do and you're trying to really learn as you're trying to survive is you're walking. Right. So the connection between any trauma that happens from one to eight can show up. The biggest thing, there's two things that go on from one to eight. Your subconscious mind is wide open. It's kind of like a sponge. Your nervous system is very wide open as well. So if you grew up with a mother and father that talked about money problems all day and they yelled at each other, you basically soak that into your subconscious mind. So you're going to be stressing about money today. Or you realized it and you became extremely like over the edge of a work ethic where you never want to go broke, where you cause an imbalance on the other end of the spectrum of being out of balance. So from one to eight years old, if there's a trauma there, 
you're going through the consciousness of safety and security, okay? And learning mm-hmm. who your tribe is. But the organ that's associated with that, if you study the organ that's really developing at that age, is your adrenals. Oh, wow. So your adrenals are responsible for fight or flight. And then the muscular system that connects, I just brought you through, the, I'm bringing you through the four layers of strength now. So the muscular system that connects to that is going to be everything from your pelvis, your hips down. So what we do is if there's a deep trauma there, this can show up in a person's psyche today as money issues. So you'll know, I do a little test with a client. I take a piece of paper, I draw a line right down the middle of the paper. And I say, how much money did you make last month? Oh my God. And then if you get this person to open up their bank, they don't want to open up their bank account. They hate looking at numbers. They usually are bad with money. Usually they're bad with money. So you can run to two spectrums. I run more with people not doing so well with money than people doing well. Mm -hmm. But what happens is you can run to a person who doesn't understand how much money they're spending and how much money they're making. So they're always overworking because they never have money when they look at their account. So they're always in the root chakra. They're always in a fight or flight, which is your adrenals, Hmm. right? We're going to get a little deeper because I'm not the, because the adrenals, in my opinion, attach to a part of the brain called the reptilian brain. So if you look at the reptilian brain, it comes down or you study the brain, you have the central nervous system that comes straight up into the brain, right? You have three layers to the brain. You have the first layer of the brain, which is the brain that communicates first with the nervous system, the fight or flight, because it's responsible for Safety, security, food, feeding, breathing, everything that is automated in your body, the reptilian brain is responsible for. So the more a person triggers a fight or flight and the more that they have issues with stress, the more they're going to create the reptilian brain to look for safety and security. Therefore, trying to get this person to dream about being an entrepreneur is going to be really hard because they need guaranteed safety and security. They need a, they need a job that's going to guarantee a paycheck. See that? Yeah. Fascinating. Goes deep. It goes deep. Yeah. That's why I said nobody connects all those. That's why I just took 17 different books and put them together. And I tested this a thousand times. So after I work with someone, what their dream is, then as I'm working with them on that, then I'm seeing how they respond to, I can't make videos and make the podcast that I want to do. And I'm like, "Mm, where's this coming from? So then I'll do different tests. And then what we'll notice is if a person's in fight or flight stress, they're always turning that reptilian brain, which means they're always going to, the reptilian brain loves routine. This person does the same thing all the time. They have a routine. If you go against this person's routine, they can, ooh, you can trigger them. And one of the routines <laughs> subconsciously is, right, is guarantee safety. So even though you know you're not supposed to be eating those cookies, because what happens is it looks for safety and security first. When those are met, then it looks for substance. This person has a huge chance of overeating or overindulging in wine or drugs or something like that. And then when that is met, then it's sex. Hmm. So usually you look for uh, some type of uh, addiction, but the first one is always the deepest one. So I know that took a little long. And then I'll go through the next ones pretty fast. Then 8 to 14 is when we learn about our sexuality. That's when we start getting our hormones to kick in. We look down and say, what is going on down there? 
And if there's any type of shame in someone's sexuality, if you, if there's a shame of a culture or religion, if there's a shame of you not feeling comfortable in your body, you will create imbalances in your hip flexors as you grow up. You'll create imbalances in your sex life and your relationships. But the emotions that attach to that or the organs that attach to that are going to be the ovaries and reproductive system. And then the muscular system is going to be your hip flexors. But more likely, your lower back is going to be hurt and you're going to have issues around your lower back. And then this person can be very hard on themselves today. 14 to 21 is when we learn on how to develop confidence and self-will and personal power. You got to choose the high school you're going to. Who's your friends? What sports you're going to play? Who's going to be your first girlfriend or boyfriend? And then what college you're going to go to, what you're going to study, and then what job you get. So that's all from 14 to 21. Some people mm-hmm. graduate a little later than 21, but you're doing most of choosing to be the warrior archetype in this world around that age. So if you want to go to UCLA, but mom and dad and your whole family went to USC and they mm-hmm. talk you out of going to UCLA to go to USC, then you just lost your personal power. That's the first step around that age. So then what happens is don't be surprised if you still have personal power and self-will issues and they can start showing up as digestive issues. And then they, cause they create to the solar plex, your core. Wow. Stick okay. to the core. Trust your gut. Trust your right. gut. Right. 21 to 28 is when most people will experience their first heartbreak or betrayal. Someone betraying them or someone breaking their heart. If they don't heal correctly and they try to do revenge or act like they're not, you know, brokenhearted and they never actually heal correctly, they'll start having issues with the lungs. They can have issues with the lungs, their breathing, their belief system around relationships and love and issues with their shoulders. Uh, 28 to 35, it's going to be a huge for when it's time for you to communicate. Most people have issues with their neck because of a th- it connects to the thyroid, communication, and it's also associated with and creativity. Usually these people are perfectionist. So they can become perfectionist, with me, which means they have this huge business idea, but they're not going to do it until they have that camera. Then they get the camera, then they need the background. Then they get the background, then they need the perfect logo. And these people can be very, very bad with trying to be perfect and they get they create procrastination. And procrastination is the first step to failure. Now, these people are really, it's hard for them to express their emotions when they have an imbalance there. So look, the beautiful thing about it is that it can be the time of the consciousness developing that's creating an imbalance or it can be a muscle that you, do you injured your neck, your chest, your ribs, your obliques, your hip flexors, or it can be anything that connects to the nerve channel on that level. So if you broke your right rib, don't be surprised if you start having issues with your liver. So they all connect. So what I do is people say, well, I have this in that. I look for the one that's causing the most pain because as soon as you work with that, then you start to see the compensation, not compensate, not be such a compensation anymore. Okay. Oh man, it goes, I mean, it goes deep. I mean, you're going to have to hear this 5 million times for me to get. It goes deep. That's why I'm saying like my work, that's why I went and I got the bachelor of science degree. Okay. I graduated with that. Then I studied under, I got the bachelor of science with the minor in movement science to study everything with the body. Then I graduated. It wasn't, it it didn't give me enough. And then I had to learn about psychology a lot more. I took courses on psychology after college because I learned that when I talk to certain people, they, it kind of uh, made them shy away from me. So why is that? So I had to learn a little bit of that, but I kind of, I'm really intuitive too. So I, I kind of can feel how to go about those conversations 
But then that's why I like, I can't help nobody without nutrition. So I became a nutritionist. Then I'm like, oh, I can't help nobody unless I combined the mind, body, and emotions. And that's why I'm writing a book right now. And my proposal is going to be done Monday. So Yay. we'll be... We'll be having so a book deal in 46 weeks. Yes. Amazing. So that explains all this. So the book is probably the hardest thing I've had to do in my life as far as organizing all this information into a book. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay. So I went down your podcast, Be Great With Nate. Everyone needs to listen. And I looked at things and I just thought, I want to throw out these little, you have these cool statements. And yeah. One of them is fake it till you make it. Cause uh-huh. I used to live my life that way, but you have neat a neat story and ways about that. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yeah. So what I do is I tell my clients that just because you don't have it in physical form does not mean that you don't have it. So fake it till you make it. I like that, but I kind of started as I developed my life from that one podcast, right? Which could have been last week. Every day I'm trying to find a way to develop Fake it till you make it is it can be a misconception to certain degrees where, oh, well, let me act like, you know, let me act fake. No, fake it till you make it. In other words, are become the person who you think you are because you are who you think you are. So if you want to be if you want to be someone, the number one podcast show in the world, act like someone who has the number one podcast show in the world. And then what happens is when you really do that, then you say, OK, I'm here, but I want I am number one but I'm just missing a couple things that I have to do. And then you start seeing all these ideas unfold in front of you. Yes. So just because you don't have it in physical form doesn't mean it's true. There's times where, and I tell my family this all the time, like I told you right before this call started, I'm like, I put my first house offer on and it was accepted. And everybody's excited for me. They're excited. I'm like, yeah, but I lived it so many times in my mind that it's, I have to force myself to be excited. I was excited when I first had it. That yeah. was three years ago. <laughs> right. Totally. So, yeah. You are who you think you are. Start practicing that. And the mind, that's why there's a, a something called uh, the placebo effect. That's mm-hmm. why we do placebo studies because it's so powerful that some people will think a medication is helping them, but it's actually their mind believing it's helping it. Yes. Yes. I bought my first house in that. I didn't have anything. I had no money. My mm-hmm. first business was a day spa. That's why I asked you that because I wanted to hear it. Because I used to say my my motto in life is fake it till you make it. Because I just said, I'm going to own a spa. I didn't probably had two facials in my life and I'm 30 years old. And I'm like, I'm just going to go do it. And I did it. I didn't know anything. I never knew anything. I never I didn't know really... how to buy a house. I bought a house. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. But... Never. I never met anybody, especially like my clients, even my best friends, my brother. My brother had one in every... Hundred, I mean, 10,000 people who apply to be a Port Authority cop get the job. And he got the job. And he was so happy and he was surprised. But I wasn't. I never met anybody who really made a decision 100% into something and wasn't able to make it happen. Like getting approved for the type of house I just got approved for, nobody thought it was possible. Even mm-hmm. people who knew me, right? Like my close yeah. relatives, they're like, this, uh, maybe you should go a little like that. And I'm like, nope, I'm only coming home if I get something like that. And I got it. Why? Because when you make a decision and you get your brain 100% on the decision, then the brain starts to make ideas that come into the mind. They give it an exit. Oh, sorry, you don't belong here. So you, right. ne- you don't really think about how or why right. it's not possible. You think about 
how you're going to make it possible. You have exactly. no other option. And that's why you say burn the ships. If you burn yeah. the ships behind you and you go to war, it's either you win or you die trying. Right. I always say like, if you have a strong enough why and you just, you just believe it, the how it will all work its way to you. I never worry about the steps. I just know I have the vision. I've already, already bought the house. <laughs> I told the realtor that day, I said, it's already mine. There's no way it's already sold. And then two days later, he's like, I've never met a crazier lady that, well, it's fell out of escrow. I guess you want to come look. And I said, sure. I already knew it was mine. I was just waiting for you to call me. Wow. And then and, and I didn't this, have is anything. Is this the house? No, no, no. This okay. was before I met, had a family. And when I first opened my day spa, when I went through all those, like fake it till you make it moments, the lessons that I even teach my girls, like just become that we're going to Arizona tomorrow and they compete in pageants. Right. And that's been a great lesson. Like, you know, you never, not always win, but you know, yeah. let's, let's become that queen. What does she yeah. talk about? What does she do? What yeah. does she eat? What yeah. does she talk like? You know, it's like, but to teach, because I saw the value and I know the magic in that. And I loved it when you, because it's so powerful. If people could get off the the perfectionism and the everything has to be perfect, or I have to have all the money in the bank lined up and it'll all come. I promise. It will. <laughs> it works. It will. Call it the tool box, right? The or tool the box? tool bag. I call it the tool bag. So like everything that I've ever done that worked for me to get to where I wanted to go to before, I use the same tools, hard work, dedication, right? Desire, persistence, patience, being fast with my decision-making, mm-hmm. learning how to talk to my soul. You know, like if you ask yourself a question, if my mind is making all the decisions and my body's not, a, the body is, uh, if you think of something in your body, some people get fear mixed up with faith or excitement in the body because they're not grounded enough. But if I think of something and my heart agrees with it, like I'm not talking about like metaphorically, I'm talking about really like I feel my heart agreeing with it and I start and I'm not breathing fast and I'm not, you know, overthinking and my body's not over moving. It's a decision I'm making. So when we got the call back and they were like, okay, it's official. You can get the house. I'm like, let's do it. Because like, you don't want to think I brought a house on zoom. I didn't even right. look at it in person yet. So you want to see it in person Monday? No, That's no. That's how I, I am. Let's buy it. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> why? Because my soul said to buy it. Yes. Yes. I'm 100% like that. I just, I doesn't, people always say, gosh, how do you make those decisions so fast? And I'm like, I, I just know. I don't even question the no. I know it's a knowing. I, That's it. It's, it doesn't take me any time. Yeah. And what happens is successful people don't always make the best decisions. They make the decisions that they know they're going to make right at the end of the day. So even if it was a decision where someone can sit me down and say, hey, according to statistics, you were 97% wrong about how you went about that. Then I still went with the decision and I'll make it right. Right. Yep. So successful people make a way, right? Always make a way. I I don't fear anything. I literally don't fear anything. And fear of death, criticism, ill health, being broke, you know, fear is the enemy. It's, you know, it's the six devils is what Napoleon Hill calls it, right? I think I'm missing a couple, but fear of criticism was the first reason why I didn't want to make videos. I love making videos. I want to help the world, but I'll make the video and think about my dad. What is he going to say about this video? My mom may hear the fact that I just told the whole world she has a drug issue. What is her, 
what her, maybe her sister call me, my aunt's going to call me. And I, and I noticed that if you're going through a fear of criticism of your artwork, as far as music, making a YouTube channel, making podcasts, whatever you want to do, if you're literally thinking, stressing about the criticism, let me tell you something. The worst feeling in the world is allowing your dream to die. Mm-hmm. So you have to pick. Is it going to be my dream? The feeling yep. of the rest of my life, of this death, the slow burn death going through my body, or not giving a crap what other people have to say. And criticism is always beautiful. If you look at criticism, when I get criticized, people criticize me every day. And I get criticized and I ask myself, is this true? If the shadow, the weak part of you goes, oh my God, no, no. And then you start defending yourself. You got to do some work on yourself because if you're the bigger, the shadow, the more issues you're going to have in your life. Subconsciously, you're going to get pain that you don't want. So then you get criticized by people that call me, you know, all crazy names. TikTok, I think is the most vicious social media platform ever because you come across people that never even follow you. It's great for growth, but it's be ready for criticism. You'll get, I got all the social media platforms. The worst one that I've ever the one I hate the most is TikTok and the one I'm most known on is TikTok. But <laughs> I say all that to say, some people say this guy's dumb. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Or I get a lot of racist things towards me. And I sit there and I say, I know that's not true, but I know truth of the matter is if someone pick up their phone and said something that hateful, you had to think and feel it first. And then you had to put the action and type in it. There's nothing else. I, there's nothing I can say to you that's going to hurt your feelings more than me knowing the amount of pain you're really going through in life and exactly. you avoiding. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, you know, I, even putting this podcast out, I was 51. I'm 53 now. So I'm thinking, who am I to think I'm going to be? Well, who am I? <laughs> you know, who's going to listen? Am I going to say things to offend people or, you know, belief systems that people don't believe that I'm going to start mm. tapping into that? And I thought, you know, I started, you know, it's the momentum. And then you go, I don't really care. And then I think even 10 years ago, if I did that, like you look at every with you at 29 and looking back at my life at 29. And that was when I started that business and I was like ready to go. And I'm on this, this, like, I don't know what I was on, but it's like, I just was on a mission Yeah. and I had to prove this to myself that you can do anything. Nothing's stopping you. When it comes down to age, though, I don't get attached to it. I think at the yeah. only time in my life that I've ever felt any type of way when I was 25, my 25th yeah. birthday was, um, sorry, 26th birthday was the hardest birthday I've ever had in my life. And the truth of the matter is I never planned life after 25. Never. Oh, interesting. I just didn't. I, and it sounds insane, but when you come from the childhood that I come from and all your friends dead at 21 and... It, or in jail, when I turned 26, I went through like a midlife crisis. I didn't know huh. what I was going to do in my life. I thought like, and I know this can sound crazy. I thought my life was going to be told after I left earth. Wow. I knew. So I was trying to get all the content out there. I was trying to get all this out there to the world just in case I'm not here anymore. I, I'm still here spiritually. Wow. Huh. Yeah. That's how much trauma I'm, I'm, I'm that I had to get through that. So my 26th birthday, it was the saddest day of my life. Like one of the saddest days of my life. It was really hard for me. And I didn't know why. And I had to do some deep work on myself. And I noticed that was why. And then I was like, oh, and that's when I kind of detach from age. So when I work with people, some people say, well, 
take your time. You're only 28 or 29. And I'm like, what does my age have to do with anything? Like, it's a good reminder that I, I went, I'm, I'm doing okay in my life. But at the same time, don't limit me. Mm-hmm. So when you were 50, 51 making your podcast, what, you can't be 50, 51 making a podcast? Don't limit me. Right. We get so attached. You're utilizing the human body. It's the soul. How old is your soul? Right. That's the question I got. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the human body. I mean, the human, I'm looking for the human body because we have to be respectful and we have to, in order for our, our souls to, you know, do what we, the purpose that we're here to do, we need a body that's functioning, right? Because the body's associated with the ego and the mind. And the more clean that vessel is, the more you're able to tap into the spiritual world and not spiritual world of meditating all day, the spiritual world of getting information, staying right. connected with the cosmos and with earth at the same time. You don't want to disconnect from earth. That's why we're gravity. We're here. Don't right. try to leave here, but also don't get so connected here where you forget about that. The bigger thing, the, the magical part of the world, right? So mm-hmm. for me, my main objective is waking up every day. And today is the most important day of my life. So Living let's just say if I was 50, so if, if today was my 50th birthday, and the average American lives to 79 in the United States, according to studies in 2021, maybe the same today. You're telling me I got 29 years left? Average of 29 years? That's a long time. So you, what I'll do is take 29 times about 365 and see how many days you got left on earth compared to statistics. Mm-hmm. You got a long time to go. You got a long way. So why are we stressing about being 50? We got right. 29 years left. Right. At least. To statistics. Yeah, at least. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. And anytime someone doesn't want to, anytime someone doesn't want to work with somebody because they're old or they're brown or they got tattoos or whatever the case may be, congratulations. You just literally stopped yourself from wasting your time and energy with a person that has limitations. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. All right. Ready for my next one? We have a few yep. minutes left. I'm ready. Okay. Three tips to figuring out your dream life. Okay. Number one, think about, <laughs> think about we're at a lunch table. We're all 12 years old. Think about the thing that you were really good at. Each of us have a really good skill. Some of us are just extreme. Like my girlfriend, she's just an artist. This woman can paint, do poetry, write a script, star in a TV show that, you know, she started in Saved by the Bell. She could do all of it. She's just an artist. She's a walking creative artist. I can talk about business body, mind, health, love, spiritual. So would think about what you're really good at. That comes effortless to you because usually the gift comes effortless. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, there's a second way. What can you do all day without looking at the clock and time? I can talk all day. I could could do this all day. There you go. I could sit here with you all day long. It wouldn't even matter. There you go. That's when I know. Yep. That's a second one. And then the third one is, this one, I'll, I'll get you into the body on this one so you can get out of the head. Think about, when you're thinking about one or two, you're going to get something. See how your body feels. Yeah. And then think about you actually just giving yourself, I had this crystal ball and it's very magical. And I tell you, you got one shot to tell this crystal ball what you want. It's going to happen. Immediately, you start seeing clients <laughs> giggle. And, oh my God. Because they know the answer. But the, what's stopping them is a belief system from saying it. So try those three things. 
Number one, what were you really good at? Another one, here's a bonus one. As a little younger boy, younger girl, what did you love to do? What was your dream when you were younger? Because that's a beautiful thing about, the, about kids. Their imagination is beautiful. They're, mm-hmm. And what happens is, as you go into, quote unquote, the real world, the real world, and my quote unquote means people putting their belief systems on you, then you start to tap into more of the emotional and reptilian brain. It's considered the old brain. Them two combined is considered the old brain. And you're not really into the intellectual part of the brain, the dreamer's brain, the brain that creates words, iPhones, cars, etc. So learn what you used to love to do as a child. What were you good at the lunch table? What can you do with all day without the clock? And then think about it and see how your body feels. Thank you. I love it. As we wrap up, because I know you have to go help your sweet girlfriend with an audition. You know, that would be another episode. I'd love to hear you've been together for so long. Seven years? Seven years. Yeah. And you've you've really like raised each other. Yes. In my we got head. a YouTube channel called Love Across the Hudson. Oh, okay. And I forced her to do it because I told her we have to document this because nobody's going to believe that we're going to come out the ghetto like we're about to come out the ghetto. Oh, I love it. So we yeah. were so broke. She lived in Washington Heights. I was at school at the time, but I was back and forth from Delaware to Jersey City. And she believed in everything I said. And I believed in everything she said. And then we told the world that we were going to do it. And then we showed them, okay, instead of us going to a party at 19, 21, we're going to save our money up to buy a new camera lens. Because if we make videos, then the videos can not only be documented for our future. So when we make it, you can see it. But we can also use it for negotiations for our future deals. And we did. When Saved by the Bell booked her, it was either her or another actor, actress. And they said, well, the problem that we have with Haskiri, which is my girlfriend's name, is that she didn't do enough comedy. And her agent uh, fired back and said, okay, she didn't. But check up her YouTube. You can see her personality. She's just a funny person. And they watched probably three days worth of our videos. And called back and they said, she's 100% the one because of the videos that we made when we were broke. Wow. See, I love that. I mean, you've done a lot of, you do a lot of, like with all of her acting friends, a lot of coaching with them. Yes. I coached a lot of actors here in Los Angeles. I coached a lot of, a lot of actors, actors, Hmm. Mayans, uh, actors on Mayan, uh, the TV show Mayans for all mankind on Apple TV a lot of HBO stars that I work with. There's a lot of actors I signed NDAs and we kept it private. But most people that you watch on TV or you listen to, some at least one of them has been working, worked with me. Yeah, neat. Oh, you're just so fun to talk to. See, it goes by fast an hour. Um, is anything, any last minute, Nate, words of wisdom you could share before we have to say goodbye? Yes. So let me, okay. let me sit with that and see what my body says. Not weird, but I want to see what can I, what do I, okay, so here, I got something. All right. We have to understand that each of us came here for a bigger job than just paying bills. So getting over most of my fear or fears in life, I'm not scared to die. I'm not scared of getting, I'm not scared of any of it because I understand that when I trusted myself to do the thing that I thought that I came here to do, people thought I was crazy. The more programmed the person is, the more 
the more crazy they make people that are free look crazy. So my quote is crazy people make me feel crazy. <laughs> so it's a lonely journey. And on that lonely, uh, lonely journey, I encourage you to find people who have went through that journey and find their podcast and then find books to encourage you on that journey. And then find musicians that went on that journey and talk about it. So when you're in your car, you either listen to a podcast or you listen to the music on audiobook. When you're working out, you're doing the same thing. When you're home eating, you're either watching a TV show that encourages you or you're watching a podcast interview that encourages you. All day you're training yourself because it's going to get lonely and you need to be able to support yourself at all costs because the outside world, 98%, in my opinion, according to also conversations with the devil by Napoleon Hill is working off fear mm-hmm. and you can't have fear and faith at the same time. Only one really dominates. So on this journey, if I can do it, you can do it. If anybody that is doing what you dream of doing, did it, then why can't you? And I don't care. Oh, you had money. Growing up. That's not an excuse. Look at here's, I'm going to finish this. You got 24 hours in a day. You got eight hours of sleep. According to studies, you should eat sleep for eight hours. So we're going to just say eight. According to studies, the average American job is eight hours. So we're going to say eight. That leaves you with eight hours. What are you doing on the remaining eight hours? Because whatever you do on the remaining eight hours is who you become. Mm. So right now, look what I'm doing on my remaining eight hours. Look what Ashley's doing on the remaining eight hours. Look what we're doing. Right? So... You got to check yourself and be honest with yourself at all times. And when you do these things, you're going to start shaping a subconscious mind that's going to have a high vibration. That's going to, a high vibration works with faith. Low vibration works with fear. And the more high vibration you work with, the more optimized, optimum your organs are, I mean, your organs are, and the way you breathe is, everything comes together and pulls you a higher vibration. And then you attract the zero point field in quantum physics, you attract high level or high vibe clients, friends, family, materialistic things, money. Money is just energy. Money is just energy. So when you do something for money, do it from love. Don't do it from ego. If you know someone that can't afford you, don't screw them over or don't ask them over. Don't do the deal. I know it sounds crazy. I never do deals when someone don't have the money and is willing to give me their last dollar. I would never do it. I give them homework. I coached them for 30 minutes and said, go do this homework. You may not even need me because karma, energy, love is powerful. So that's my message. I love it, man, Nate. I could have went 30 more minutes on that. I know you could. (laughs) Well, I'm looking because I'm remembering you want to be, you know, do speaking gigs, right? You want to be. Oh, that's a hundred percent. I'm going to. That's you. Yeah. That's me all day. I'm looking at you. I just need an agent. Your intent. Well, here we go. Let's get what let's it's get already agent. here. Yeah. Let's get an agent. So, I mean, I, be, I did all my speaking gigs. I negotiated my own deals and things like that. And I'm cool with that, but I'm building a team of people right now. I have a team that been with me since day one, but um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get that speaking, those speaking deals. I'll be on tour speaking. Yes, I can speak. Speaking is easy for me. I'm not trying to brag, but remember I told you find something that comes easy. Speaking is easy for me. Yes, it is. Oh, you're just watching your videos on TikTok and the boards. And you, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you don't even have to think. You're just, it's just like channeled through you. You're, it just comes. Like the I know most that. The challenging thing about TikTok is trying to, trying to keep it short. Okay. 
Yeah. Knowing you. Yeah. You just, you have so much information. You have to like figure exactly. it out. That's a hard, that short is probably not even in your vocabulary. No. Because it's hard. Right. That's But very watching hard. you speak and seeing your eyes and your focus and your intensity and the belief that you have and that all in you, like you just got to get it out to the world. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, and I'm, I'm every one day at a time. One day yeah, at a time, if right. I help one person today, I did my job. Yes. Oh my gosh. What was the last piece of music you listened to? Jay-Z. Uh-huh. I'm in Jay-Z mode right now. Okay. Depending on the consciousness that I'm going through, I listen to an artist that helps me on that consciousness. Huh. Jay, people, people that don't listen to hip hop don't. Jay-Z is the reason why I'm so successful in business. Yes. Jay-Z. Yes. Jay-Z is my father. If my father was able if he was able to, my father sacrificed being a father than being a, a more successful entrepreneur. Jay-Z was a drug dealer, took the drug money. Nobody wanted to sign him, created his own label, got out the drug game, and then took the same business mindset in, the, in, music, in music and became a billionaire. Wow. Yes. Most people don't know that. Most people huh. just, people don't understand that. And people just think Jay-Z's music he has an album called The Blueprint. And what he does is he teaches you on how to become a businessman. Oh, wow. And he has a blueprint too. And he has a blueprint three. And then he has a black album. He has multiple albums. But what I'm saying yeah. is Jay-Z is very confident. Jay-Z said that he would make sure Def Jam pays him $100 million before he's done with that record label. And they paid him more than $100 million. But he called it out years before they had to do the deal. And, you know, so Jay-Z, he's a billionaire for a reason. He's a genius. In one of his songs, he said, I sold drugs. I tell you I sold drugs so you don't have to go sell drugs, right? Mm. I'm trying to teach you on how to become a Black entrepreneur, how to become an entrepreneur from the streets. So what I do is when I listen to Jay-Z, I'm saying that, not Jay-Z. When I listen to music, I'm the artist. Yeah. Cool. So I'm, I'm, it's heavier in mantra. It. So yeah, I listen to a lot of Jay-Z, but then if I want to go save the world, I listen to Nas. Nas and J. Cole, but Nas is, uh, they're both icons, Jay-Z and Nas. And then if I want to manifest a little more, then I'll listen to an artist named Russ. Hmm. Great artist. I'll listen to, I'll listen to Russ and some Big Sean. And if I want to hype myself up and my ego a little bit, then I'll listen to Drake. Okay. I'm a huge Drake fan. Drake is like my my day one guy. Mm-hmm. And then and then usually I have a a pot of other artists that I'll throw in there. But music's a big part of your life. Music is I can't go a day without music. Music is my therapy. There's a man named J Cole. If you listen to J Cole, he's half black, half white, like I am. He went to New York City to chase a dream, like I did. His mom was had issues, like my mom did. It was so similar that he rapped about his life. He was rapping about my life. And oh. he, he gave me hope. He gave, and I saw him chasing his dream. And he became Jay-Z's first artist. Wow. So Jay-Z signed him. And I'm like, oh, one day, you know, if Rock Nation does like signs motivational speakers, I'm signing on the Jay-Z. Like if I had to pick, <laughs> if I had to pick so being cute. represented by Jay-Z or being represented by a different company and it's a million dollar One's a million dollars, the other one's a half a million dollars. I'll take a half a million dollars to be on the Jay-Z than take a, a million dollars being on another company. That's how much. And, you know, so depends on the consciousness I'm in. 
that's the music I listen to. Love it. And your, your girlfriend's all on the same page as you. You guys are same so page. She's, she loves Russ. And the funny thing is Russ is an artist who told, he was telling the world that he's going to get, he's going to sign himself. He's not going to work with a record label. And he got a song called manifest. And then the song he's like, you listen to my old songs back when I used to talk about things that haven't happened yet, but now I get to talk about. Oh, right? love it. So when he's, he's talking about, and he sings, and he's a sing, he sings, raps, engineers, makes his own beats. It's called manifest. I, I think you should listen to it. So my girlfriend and I used to sing that song while we were broke. And we used to try to tag him on Instagram and stuff. And it helped us. He gave us belief a little more because we saw him, his dream come true. And he talks about it in his music and he left documentaries of his old songs talking about how he's going to make it. He wasn't, he didn't make it yet. So he gave us a lot of faith. And two days ago, Russ actually contacted and started following my girlfriend. Oh my gosh. It's insane. Wow. So, yeah, oh. manifest. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to go down right now. And oh, you're going to love that song. Girls. You're going to love that wait. song. You'll love it. Oh, thank you, Nate. I hope there's more of these because I've sure loved meeting you and getting to know you and seeing you twice in a week has been a treat. Thank you. So w- what I do is anytime someone believes me, of course, I'm becoming a little more known today than I was last year, right? But I'm always true to people that were there for me before it got crazier, right? So anytime you want to do one of these, I'm always down. I'm a loving guy that it makes me awkward when I'm not humble or if I don't, if I can't be humble. So I never forget where I came from. I I stick to that. So if you want to do another one after these first two, then let's do it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. And and congratulations on your new house. Oh my gosh. A homeowner, Nate Ortiz. Yeah. Homeowner in the suburbs, the suburbs where used to pass on a train and like, oh my God, rich people live there. You know, like yeah. my friends used to say rich people live there. In my mind, I'm like, I live there. Yes. But I really uh. lived in a hotel at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. You kind of gave me tears there. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Amazing. All right. We could just sit here forever and I've already gone over. Thank you. You know, you're good. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.